Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the 30th episode of the Finger Guns podcast. Give yourselves a round of applause, gents. Well done. We made it. Woohoo! Can, can we have a, like, a, a moment of applause for Roscoe for being here for, what, 29 of these now? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Amazing, amazing effort. Oh, is there, <laughs> amazing is effort. there a league table for that as well, is there? No, no, I'm just saying, like, you know, the, the effort this guy puts into the podcast yeah. is more than any of us combined, so so let's give him a moment of appreciation with a small round of applause. He is our editor. Joining me on the podcast, we have a full house this week, Mr. Greg Hicks. Hello. Hello, sir. How are you? I am in the best mood ever. Greg yeah, is in a good mood. It's going to be an interesting podcast. No, no, I think it'll be short-lived until we start talking, but <laughs> I'm in a really good mood. Because EGX is this week, Woo! which we'll come to in a bit. In a bit, yeah. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Mr. Paul Collett, hello. I feel like I'll be a bit of a strange one here, although I only missed one thing last week or so. It's good Man, to be back. Everyone's just in tip-top condition today. I like it. Indeed. And finally, oh my God, it's Sean Davies. Hello. He's made it. He's back. Um, hi. Oh. Hi. How's it going? I'm alive, and yeah, all good. How are you, Roscoe? I'm really well, thanks, man. I'm really well. Yeah, good. I'm feeling feeling good, and I'm feeling good that you guys are feeling good. That makes me happy. They should and be awesome. Not too happy, though, right? Yeah, not at all uh, Not at all jealous of what you're up to this week. At all. We'll talk about that a bit later. First up, oh, as ever. Don't kill my vibe, man. Oh, man, it's all right. You were right, it was short wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> It was my uh, it was my decision. Anyway, let's move on. So we're going to crack on with what we've been playing, Mr. Paul Collett. What have you been playing this week? I have been playing Far Cry Five still. We're getting right. through it. I've got one area left to go, and I'm still loving it. And I don't really know why. It's one of those games where you just kind of just sort of zone out while you're playing it, and you just sort of lose yourself a bit. So um, I've been playing that. I've been dabbling in Shadow Keep. I should know the names of games, really, shouldn't I, before I uh, review them? Um, so I've been dabbling in Shadow Keep, and it's okay. I know embargo, so I can pretty much say what it's all about, right? So yeah, ain't that great? To be honest with you, it's just more Destiny. It's cheap in the sense that they've got these new enemies called Nightmare, but they're just reskinned and recolored enemies we've already seen before. So that's no good. And the moon is the same moon we played in Destiny 1, with a few extra bits tacked on. So, you know, there's a lot of, lot of rinse and repeat from Destiny, and it's kind of getting a bit stale now. I, I mean, I really like Destiny. I mean, the gunplay, obviously, you know, is just the best ever. But the impetus to go out and search for lore and enjoy the game as much as you can, I, I'm sort of losing patience with it now, because it's just grind and more grind. And especially now you have, like, the new armor system, 2.0, so that means you could be more grinding for more kind of emblems and engrams and whatever else you can attach to your armor and whatever. It's getting it's getting out of control, I think. But, you know, it's Destiny. So if you like it, you're going to love it. And if you've never played it, maybe start at the beginning before you jump into Shadowkeep. That's my advice. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's about it, really. Just those two games. Nice one. I'll look yeah. forward to your uh, views on Shadowkeep as and when. Uh, next week, hopefully. Awesome. Mr. Greg Hicks, what have you been playing this week? Uh, still playing Control. Where am I? Uh, I've got the power to levitate, so I've been 
sort of backtracking and doing some of the missions I couldn't do previously and having a bit of fun with that. Uh, I've still been playing The Alliance Alive. My review will be soon. I, I imagine I'll probably have it finished this week in the downtime before EGX starts. So I'm playing a bit more of that. And uh, yeah, I've also been playing Travis Strikes again, No More Heroes, which is out on the 17th. So I can't really say much about it, but the review shall be up. Well, it's going to be after EGX. So that'll be mid next week, hopefully. And that's about it. Yeah, Alliance Alive, Control. This is, this is going to make you guys laugh. I almost bought Sekiro again the other today. No. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Sean Sean called it a few months ago when he was giving it, oh, you know, you're going to you're gonna want to pick it up again in a few months when it's cheap. And, uh, and I went, no, no, no. And, well, he's pretty prophetic because he called that one, didn't he? A friend of mine has just bought it and that's kind of spurred me to want to pick it up again. And it's cheap in Asda at the moment. And, well, I, the, only re- the only thing that stopped me buying it was it sold out. Ah, do you still have your cloud save? Can you jump straight back in? I've still work. got my save on the console, yeah. But I may just that start be, again. Yeah, that would be totally useless to you because you are right before the final boss and all of your muscle memory will now be gone. Yeah, but I can but... I can backtrack and go and take out other things. I'm not, it's not like a um, point of no return. So I could, okay. go, I could go and Fair. level up. So Or not level up, I could go around and do some side quests and take out some enemies to remember what I'm doing. You know what you should do? You should have rented. That way you won't feel bad about buying it twice. <laughs> can you rent games anymore? Uh, yeah, Gamefly. Boomerang. Yeah. Oh yeah. But then we wouldn't Boomerang. have the then we wouldn't have the amazing tagline Sekiro Greg buys twice, would we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it for my week. <laughs> Thanks everyone, we'll see you next week. Yeah, that's that's all I've been playing really. And that's that's all she wrote. Nice. Mr. Sean Davies in your uh limited time you had you've had at home this week what have you been playing well i've been away for two weeks under so i've got a bit to catch up on but i've i've just picking the good stuff <laughs> so i've mostly been playing mega aquarium which i believe uh, the embargo will be up by the time this podcast goes up so i can talk about it it's as uh, see there's the horny kitty pigs yeah, again <laughs> crazy tonight. yeah they, they've got a new pen anyway sorry <laughs> what are you getting them writing as well are you a pen, as in something you I know. Oh, what Jesus you Christ. Oh. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> what well, was talking about Mega Aquarium? Right. Um, yeah, it's a ty- it's a tycoon game that you build aquariums. Wait, 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 wait. The, the, the embargo was on October the eighteenth. Yeah, I'm not gonna okay, I won't spoil it. <laughs> we're shit about right. shit at this. Oh, we? we're very good, we're very bad at this tonight. Wait, wait, I'd like, I, I, I support it tomorrow. Anyway, yeah, so it's a it's a tycoon game. I mean, it's out on PC, so I'm not spoiling anything by telling okay. about it. So, yeah, it's it's a, a game where you basically build aquariums and put fish in tanks and try not to kill fish by mixing them with things that are bad for them. That's what I've been mostly spending my time on. It's a, it's a pretty Just big confirm, game. confirm, you're putting fish in actual glass containers, not military tanks, are it? No, although... Oh. You know, now that you mention it, that could make for a very good idea. If any indie devs are listening, <laughs> scribble that down, you know, James Pond 3, fish, fish tanks. <laughs> fish have supposedly got very short-term memory. They'll just forget who they're attacking and start shooting everyone else. Yeah, this this is a terrible idea. Maybe that's <laughs> the fun. Maybe that's the fun. You, know, yeah. you point your goldfish in the direction of your foe and then they turn on you within five seconds going... Flakes, food, bob, 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 bob. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's Mega <big> Aquarium. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> I've also been playing Ukulele and the Impossible Lair. Do you like it yet? Yeah. The problem is that it, it's it feels 
it feels like it's trying to compete with Rayman and not doing as good as a job of being Rayman as Rayman was. So there's a couple of levels where it tr- tries to be really quick. And the, the levels where it's trying to be Donkey Kong Country, I adore. Where it tries to do the whole zip line up and down and it just doesn't feel as precise or as fluid as Rayman did. And I guess that's... I, I honestly like what it does when it sticks to its strengths, but mm-hmm. there's like there's there's one particular bit where you kind of jump, you have to jump over a spike after going down a zip line, and if you drop off the zip line before the spike trap, you land on something that should kill you, and you'll just stand there, and then you're stuck in this impossible jump situation. I did like four times, and I thought oh, this is, you know, it's it's not. It's just not as polished as Rayman was in those areas, and you know, Rayman was like game of the you know generation for that kind of genre. So it's it's going to be hard to beat, but it's definitely up there with with the best of them for this this year, mm-hmm. as in platformers. For sure, I know you, I know you liked it a lot. I did very much. I think it's great. It's uh, harkens back to kind of classic Rayman stuff. The the up down vine bit that you're talking of it did like you it did remind me of rayman a lot and it took a few attempts actually to to get that done but it's good it's great ukulele is uh, is a game that i finally i haven't actually beaten that many games this year but i beat uh, impossible there and yeah it's great i highly recommend it how many how many bees did you unlock before you beat um <laughs> capital b <laughs> not enough not enough oh fair enough that the last villain is an absolute bastard um, Somebody, somebody's done it, haven't they? But without, without having. So the aim of the game is you collect bees to power up the suit, which gives you additional hits against the final boss, which you can face at any time. Yes. And somebody's beaten it on the first try. Oh my god, it's too much like hard work. That's really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it it yeah. feel like I've, I've set myself a target now, and <laughs> it's not oh, here we happen. go. Yeah. So I've also been playing Children of Mortar, which I can't really talk about, even though it's out on PC. Um, but if you really want to see what I think about it, go and watch the stream I did, um, which is on the thingy on Twitch account, because I ranted lyrical about it on there. I'm playing Ready Set Heroes, which is pretty good, but I wish more people would play it online. That would be great if you're listening to this and you want a game, hit me up on Twitter or whatever, because it's great but not enough people are playing it, so the lobbies are pretty dead, which is a massive shame. Oh. Hey, guess what? The Children of Mortar embargo is today, so you can talk about that if you want. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> we are so professional. <laughs> awesome. Anyway, I haven't really played enough to say more than... like The, the stream and a bit more is all that I've played of Children of Mortar, to be honest. So, okay. um, I've also been playing Ghostbusters, the, the remastered movie edition, you know, the Ghostbusters 3, yes. which is fucking brilliant. It's it's still a seven out of ten game, despite the fact that they've like re- redone all the visuals and everything. It's still a seven out of ten game, and I'd say it's only seven out of ten because everybody who does the voice work, you can tell they were having a, such a freaking good time making those vocals. Like Bill Murray sounds like Bill Murray at his is like peak Bill Murray esque. He's given. I mean, I, I very much doubt that they wrote down any lines for him, and he just went into the booth and just knocked it out of the park because it sounds very much like a bill murray adlib session hold on and, so, so that, that uh, remastered yeah. does it have the actual voice cast from the, the yeah film? yeah oh, so, wow. ba- so basically it, it's basically ghostbusters 3 you play as this rookie guy who's joined the ghostbusters and on his first night you basically 
faced off against all of the old foes. And then the kind of story kind of progresses from there. But all of this, all of the cast from the movies are back, apart from um, Janine. No, no, Harold Ramis is in it, which is oh, like, yeah, it was a bit of a gut punch, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, like he's one of the first voices you hear, and I'm like, oh, shit, like, I didn't realise how much then, like this would affect me, yeah. hearing Ramis's voice. But, yeah, you, you, they really miss him. But, yeah. It, it, all the all the all the voice actors are back, and they all do really good lines like raise raise Ray, you know Egon's Egon, Winston's Winston, and Bill Murray. You know he's just he's just basically Bill Murray throughout the entire game. Yeah. It's great. He's just dropping one line as right, left, and center, and it's so funny. It's one of those games that you just you play for the story, and the gameplay is generally a bit cack. But to be honest with you, the, the vocals really carry it. And I've gone on too long, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, that's pretty much what I've been playing. How about you, Roscoe? I have been playing Concrete Genie, uh, oh, which yeah, is yeah. a game I've uh, I've beaten it now, actually. Uh, Concrete Genie is all done and dusted. Platinum is very close to being within my grasp. It's not actually that bad for, for trophies. Um, they knock themselves out rather quickly. I think, Sean, this will be one for your Platinum list. Of course. Um, I think you've already got it done. The game itself was about probably four to five hours long. It's not a massive experience. It's probably perfectly timed. Um, it's only £25 to pick up, so, you know, um, you get what you pay for in that regard. But, yeah, I really, really like it. It was a really fun experience. It was a lot more emotional than I was expecting. It had a real kind of, like, heartbeat throughout it, and it's just fun. It's fun to be creative with the different patterns and the colours that you can use to brighten up the the town that the game is set in. And it's fun to interact with the genies, the, the things that you paint on the walls. Um, you can wave at them, you can high-five them, you can sit down with them and it's it's just a very entertaining game in that sense but yeah it's very very nice and i highly highly recommend it if you want something that's not going to take up too much time but is a perfectly condensed experience that's definitely worth checking out uh, i played the first hour of it on twitch on our on our twitch so it's up there if you want to have a look i think it's also on our website as well if you fancy and knows that so yeah Congo genie is definitely worth the 25 pounds that it's asking highly recommended i've also been playing john wick hex uh, which, Ooh. which, I uh, know, which is a PC game, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, goodness me! It just about runs on my laptop. Like, it, I think any more, and it would have been stuttery and rubbish. But it's just about okay. It's a Mike Bithell game. It is tactical. It is complicated. It is not at all what I thought it was going to be. Want for me to play it more and more because it's something I've never played before. It's kind of a tactical action game, but not in the sense of like XCOM or Mario Rabbids or anything like that. It's it's kind of set within every single action piece you can imagine John Wick being in. So the game is set within those moments. It was like, what is, what does John Wick think when he's got a gun to his head? That's what you have to try and figure out. You have to figure out movements around enemies. There's a lot to think about all at once. Otherwise, John Wick just goes down. And it's very entertaining. And I highly recommend it. Another really, really good game uh, that's been out the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it messes with my mind a little bit. I'm not designed or play or kind of like trained to play games like this, but I really, really like it. And I think it's probably worth picking up. I've also been playing Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, Tokyo 2020, which bizarrely isn't out until November, but I can talk about a little bit because of the preview embargo, which I can kind of extrapolate from a little bit. And this may not surprise you, but I really like this game. Of course you do. (laughs) I really, really like it. It's really fun. There's a, a kind of funky little story mode that you can play throughout it. There's not much going on in the story mode. Um, Mario and Sonic have been uh, transported into a old video game 
And every time you go and play with them, you get the old sprites, like the old Mario, the NES Mario sprite and the Mega Drive Sonic sprite to play through different events. And it's up to like Luigi and Tails and everyone to get them out. And to do that, you have to get gold medals in all the events. So you have to just keep playing and playing and playing it. And it's a little bit easy. I seem to be powering through it relatively quickly. But there's a real challenge in the actual events away from the story mode. There's an endless amount of them to choose from. Um, Some of them are very difficult, such as the skateboarding. Um, I don't know if that's just a design flaw of the game itself, but it's not particularly easy. But then there's the really fun ones. Football, surprisingly, is quite fun. It's very strange playing football with Mario and Sonic and Yoshi and Bowser and Tails and Amy all on the same team. You know, it's it's kind of weird. Um, It's more fun than FIFA 20. Anyway, I'll give it that. Boom. Yeah, (laughs) suck at EA Sports. FIFA 20 is a fucking joke, and I'll keep saying it. But is it as big a joke as Anthem, though? Oh, well, who knows? But, uh, but yeah, um, I can't... There are these dream sequences that I'm not allowed to talk about, unfortunately, because it's really enjoyable, and I'm going to do a write-up uh, either this week or next week about it. Maybe not next week, because it will be shadowed in EGX coverage, but it will be coming before the game's actually released, anyway. So, yeah, it's really, really good fun. It's just a bit of a laugh, and that's what I kind of needed in my gaming space this week after playing Concrete Genie and John Wick X. And finally, I've been playing a Stranded Sails, um, the Curse of the Mysterious Islands or something like that, which is coming out this week. So I can't talk too much about it, but my review will be up on Nintendo Life for that at the end of the week, hopefully, which would be lovely. Um, uh-huh. It's kind of a, a Ocean Horn slash Zelda slash Stardew Valley kind of experience uh, where, you have to, where you get stranded on an island and you have to start building a farm and building shacks for all your stranded uh, pirate friends. And it's an experience. I'll say that for now. That's all I can really say about it. So, yeah, not a bad week, really, for me in the old, uh, the old gaming space. And the Dreamcast celebrates its 20th birthday today in Europe. Woo! What a beast. What a beast. So I jumped onto Sonic Adventure today on uh, PlayStation oh, Now. And, <laughs> oh, that was a mistake. Terrible, isn't it? I keep forgetting how badly that game has aged. Um, I remember... It wasn't even good to start with, was it? Let's be honest. I mean, I remember playing it when the, when the Dreamcast launched and, like, that massive whale sequence and the typhoon and the casino. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, this is amazing! But it's not. But it's not at all. It's really <laughs> it's, it's really poor. Uh, so yeah, Crazy Tax is also on there, so I probably could have just played that instead. Oh, but yeah, playing around a little with a few random video games that have been celebrated today because of the Dreamcast's birthday. Happy birthday, Dreamcast! Right then, let's move on to the news and, my god, Fortnite is dead? No, it's not. Shame. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Basically, what happened yesterday? Well, yesterday evening at around about seven o'clock, seven p.m. Uh, UK time, Fortnite descended into a black hole, and ever since then, that's exactly where it stayed. Yeah, Fortnite is is famous for its massive live events uh, between seasons, and this one is well as big as it's ever been, as the entire map got absolutely decimated right before our eyes. The black hole, which you've probably seen um, all over the internet already, this time yesterday I checked in, 4.2 million people were watching it on Twitch. (laughs) The black hole. Nothing more, nothing less. And you've got to give it up to Epic Games, man. They created this, and it's absolutely... It's just genius. It's genius marketing, because all people have been doing ever since is going, what the hell's going on? What's happened? So there's a lot going on. I mean, obviously, Fortnite is coming back. It's going to presumably be back at some point tomorrow, I believe, I think is the rumor. But it was a very, very cool moment. And uh, if you go to the Finger Guns Twitter, at FNGRGNS, 
you can see the live events happen as I was very fortunate to get into one of the games to see it happen. So, Sean, are your kids aware of what happened? And are, are, are they terrified that the game's not coming back? You would not believe the tantrum that happened. <laughs> so this morning I woke up, we didn't have any internet access yesterday, and uh, then the event happened, and I, I showed my kids like it happening on my phone, and they were, were all like, what's going on? I said, I honestly don't know. Like, I had no idea this was going on. And they were like, Daddy, tell me what's going on. And then it went off. Obviously, you watch it, you know, you could see everything getting sucked in. And uh, we watched it both in the menu and on the map. Just go. Just blackness. And my 10-year-old's first thing was, but I've only just got the Batman skin and now it's gone. And like, oh, okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> they were all convinced that Fortnite had been switched off. And that was it. It was gone. And there was like, but, but Fortnite, we like Fortnite, blah, blah, blah. And I kind of had to reassure them that, like, there is no way that the Fortnite is shutting down because, you know, it makes a lot of money and, you know, they wanted reasons. So I had to give them the reasons. But for a couple of minutes, yeah, it was a bit scary. You know, these <laughs> kids, they, they really thought that their, their favorite thing to do, apart from obviously spend time with me, is, um, is gone. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah fascinating storytelling really yeah. great like mmo style storyline telling and they obviously I, I very much doubt they had this plan from day one you know season one where they were doing the explosion the dusty depot and all that kind of stuff i very much doubt that it was ever heading in this direction but they've really pulled this together i'm very impressed yeah it was amazing i mean there is a bit of a storyline isn't there somewhere Oh yeah, like you know the the rocket, and the thing is that the end animation obviously pulled all of the things together. Yeah, you know, apart from the big purple cube, which what was his name, Derek Brian? I don't know. <laughs> people call, people named the cube anyway, but it, you know, it, it, it that wasn't involved. But you know, it, it harked back to D Dusty Depot with the whole you know becoming Dusty Divot. So yeah, it was it was an awesome kind of spectacle and involves the hottest thing in the world right now. So. And they did it in such a way where everyone can get involved. This wasn't like just, you know, streamers. Everybody saw it. So yeah. it's fascinating. Well done, Epic. Yeah. Well done. Well done, Epic. I mean, essentially what ha what's going on is that the game is under maintenance right now because they've had to, I think, I, I read this earlier, I think they they've had to recode the entire game in order for this new map to work. And yes, that's going to take a long time. The radio silence that Epic Games have been on since yesterday has been amazing. And you can't access anything except for the live stream. And so they've gone all in on this idea. And it's just genius because the entire internet now is going, well, what the hell's going on? What's happened? And, you know, they've got everyone talking. Even the menu. You go into the main menu now and before your eyes, it disappears into the black hole. <laughs> that's, that's just really cool. Is, um, do you know if Save the World is still working? Uh, well, you can't access Fortnite right now. At all? None of At it? At all. No, it's all gone into the black hole. That's okay. Fair enough. Yeah, they've shut the whole thing down until they're ready to put it all back up, I guess. Yeah, I, I like that, apart from the fact that Save the World is something that people bought to play. Yeah. <laughs> that's true, that's yeah. a fair point. All the, you know, all five people that ever bought that game you know, are probably pissed off right now. But, you know, um, have, you, have you seen the leaks? Do you, do you know what's happening next? Yes, probably uh, against the Witches of Epic, and it's a bit of a shame, but the Season 12, or Season 11, sorry, uh, Battle Pass trailer has leaked. Yeah. So you, there's a bit of a nose at what is coming uh, once the black hole is disappeared and the game actually returns. 
if you want to see what's there, it's very easy to find. All of the big publications have now posted just leaked trailer. But a lot of interesting things and a lot of things that have blatantly been stolen from PUBG and a lot of things that, as you know, I'm not a Fortnite player. I had to give it up because it was taking over my existence. I had to jump in and, and check out this final event and uh, I'm excited to see what happens moving forward. Speaking of marketing, um, I don't know if you guys remember, but when the original Grand Theft Auto was released on the PlayStation, the top-down one, they, they had a big marketing thing where they got a whole warehouse of their games stolen and they put out on the news and everything like that and there's a big thing about um, you know, this stolen game about crime, so the irony of it all, and everything. Everyone was talking about it. It turns out it was just a marketing stunt from Rockstar, which I thought was genius as well. And yeah, you know, Epic. I mean, this whole thing for Epic now. I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing better than than something happening that just gets everyone talking and focused on one thing, and it's just perfect. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't need to put anything. That black hole will stay there for a week or two, maybe even a month, and then people will still be probably the hype will still be building even more. If anything, do you know what I mean? It's just like. Yeah, what they have done is if you can jump onto Fortnite, if you stick in the Konami code, you can play a little mini game uh, no called, called uh, Victory, which is just you as a slice of pizza shooting burgers that are dropping from the top of the screen. Well, it sounds more fun than Fortnite, to be fair. I won't get it on my <laughs> so, yeah, well done, Epic Games. Well Fantastic done. work. And uh, they've also given every parent in the world a couple of days of their children's company once again. <laughs> so thanks thanks for that <laughs> what i did have to do last night is reassure parents bloody hell i had like people m- messaging me like roscoe what's going on with Fortnite?" because like, they know i'm into video games and stuff and like, i had to reassure them that it's not going away forever and that it's merely just maintenance it's like my kids won't go to bed <laughs> you, sh- you should have had them you should have had them going you should have really really twisted the knife it's gone forever it wasn't making enough money because all your kids were just playing it for free and not spending any v-bucks so now it's gone okay <laughs> you weren't spending any money and still complaining about it so it's gone now you ungrateful little fucks exactly that <laughs> nailed it that's what i should have said but i didn't greg do you want to play Fortnite? do i fuck okay all right well let's move on then <laughs> I would laugh if that was a massive cock-up, though. They came back and everyone's profile had been reset. Oh, how I would laugh. I think I'd laugh as well, just for the sake of uh, Sean's sanity. Let's hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> Mate, if that you know, again, you know, the, mol- you know what the moral of the story is, though, don't you? Don't have kids. Oh. <laughs> well, okay. Easy. Yeah. They'd have, have to deal with the upset of them getting upset about Fortnite. Oh, thanks for that. I could have done with that warning ten years ago. Cheers, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, Sean, I look forward to uh, hearing about what happens when they discover that Fortnite hasn't disappeared forever. I'm very much looking forward to it. I, I'm honestly thinking about streaming it, so go and follow Fingerguns on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> on, on Twitch, even. Good idea. Right, let's talk about Blizzard. Uh, we are a little bit behind on this story, but we thought it was probably best to have a little conversation about it, because they've had a bit of a week in terms of what's happened. Essentially, um, earlier this week, Hong Kong player... Chung Ning Wai appeared at the Grandmaster's Asia Pacific post match interview where he signed off with a bold statement essentially supporting the current uh, Hong Kong protests. Obviously, liberate Hong Kong, revolution of our age. The stream was cut and damage was already done. He got punished by Blizzard. I believe he won a Hearthstone tournament. Is that right? Yep. Yes. And Blizzard essentially just went, okay, well, you're not having the trophy, you're not having any money. And that was that. And of course, this led to a tirade of abuse towards Blizzard. And 
earlier this week, they were very, very quiet. They hadn't fully explained their reasoning for the suspension, but it's you know it was hard not to view it in context of the protests in Hong Kong. And a lot of people have basically sided with the streamer, and Blizzard has come under fire for their apparent support of China in in the wake of the Hong Kong protests, which is really quite interesting. They did eventually put out a statement. Well, they've said they're going to rescind this ban now, aren't they? Or make it less of a ban. They've, they've dropped uh, this ban from 12 months to 6 months. And they're going to give him some of the prize money? I don't think they're going to give him any of the prize money. I'm oh, just looking at a BBC story and it says... Oh. Uh, this was a couple hours ago. It reversed its decision to withhold prize money from a player with press support. He was banned for one year. A new statement says... In hindsight, our process wasn't adequate. And we reacted too quickly. Yeah, that was a kind of instant reaction to, to what happened. And it seemed that it was quite an immediate thing. And so throughout the week, there's been a huge kerfuffle. And with BlizzCon only a few days away, it's <laughs> it's going to be uh, quite interesting to see what happens. Uh, Greg, have you got any thoughts on this? Uh, on the IG censorship and on the whole, or his statement, or? Oh uh, yeah, do you think do you think Blizzard were were right to revoke his prize money and his kind of like standing and his? I, I mean, it was kind of a kind of a knee jerk reaction probably in the wrong direction i mean i don't know it's a bit of a weird one because yes he's very strong very obviously very, feels very strong about this and you know you're always told to sort of what you believe in maybe that wasn't the best platform to do it but first it got him a bigger audience didn't it i mean blizzard could have tried to mitigate damage control and say this is in no way an affiliation with us i think flat out banning him straight away obviously sent the wrong message out and it hasn't gone down very well i mean I, I suppose they were trying to cover themselves to say, whoa, hang on, we don't support this or we do support this or whatever. I just think it was a bit of a, I don't want to say two wrongs situation because obviously the player was doing what he thought was, you know, standing up for what he believes in. I think Blizzard may have just reacted a bit over the top, but that's as much as I can gather from what I've gleaned of it. I think they should have tried to not play neutral and be submissive to it, but I think it might have been a bit, it sends the wrong message to quickly ban him for that kind of thing. Because now everyone's going, oh, they support the other side. And yeah, probably didn't do them any favours. Obviously, clearly hasn't done them any favours, going by what's happened. Um, no, I mean, a lot of people are boycotting Blizzard now. And the games yeah. are cancelling. And I, I think they've shot themselves on the foot, like you said, this close to uh, BlizzCon as well. Yeah, that was a dumb move. Yeah. I mean, I, if you were, I mean, well, if you were a subscriber to, say, Warcraft or Hearthstone or any of Blizzard's Things, would you feel the need to cancel your subscription in response to not, their movements? Not really, no. I mean, because it doesn't directly affect me, and that sounds like I'm being ignorant, but no, Blizzard hadn't come out and done anything to affect me or how I live or anything like that, so it would have no bearing on on what I do. It's not going to make me go, oh, they suddenly said this, so I'm not a fan anymore. If they said something, if they themselves did something, you know, like you know, 100% of our process go to Holocaust deniers charities, and I'd be like, whoa, no, cancel straight away. But I just think a slightly excessive reaction to something isn't going isn't to make me throw my uh, hypothetical computer out the window and cancel everything. No. Fair enough. Uh, maybe, you know, that's because I'm a white male that lives in the UK and has no bearing on the Hong Kong China thing. So that, I, I don't mean to sound ignorant, but it's not something that directly affects me. Yeah. So no. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have that knee-jerk reaction to go. Oh, they've done something that whatever. So I'm going to cancel it before I know all the facts. No, that's fair. I mean, do you think Tencent have got something to do with this? 
Tencent has got a 5% stake in Blizzard. Uh, they're a company based in China that essentially own everything. Oh, right, okay. Um, what Do you think that maybe well, Blizzard they have trying a 5%... to appease, appease their masters kind of thing? Possibly. I mean, they have a small a 5% stake mm-hmm. in Blizzard. Uh, so, I mean, that's just a, that's just a theory, but... There is that angle. Yes, you could say that Blizzard quickly went, oh, shit, like, let's, let's please the overlords and deal with this quickly. Maybe too quickly, maybe too harshly, but there is that possibility, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Paul, have you got any thoughts on this? Um, I'm, when it comes to the, the world of Blizzard, for that perspective, I, I've no clue really what they do, if, I, if I'm honest. Yeah, I'm kind of with Greg. I mean, it's, it's a massive knee-jerk reaction. I know when things happen, companies just scramble as hard as they can not to just, you know, not to, I know, uh, I don't know, create a, create a storm of some sort. But you know, anything you put, any video game you play, or any any on a movie watch it always has a little small print saying any views expressed are not those of whoever and that covers their back and they, they, all that do is just put that down like greg said and they'll be fine yeah uh, that's about it really it's just overreaction i think the guy should take the money take the take the trophy maybe not do it again if you don't want to i don't know it's just i don't know maybe storm the teacup i don't know sean yeah this is a real fuck up ain't it? <laughs> yes yes it is <laughs> sean always has something to say <laughs> I get the feeling that um, Blizzard's knee-jerk reaction was based on Tencent and was based on the the volatility that Chinese investors and the Chinese Chinese markets can have. So, obviously, I don't know if you guys remember that about that game, that horror game that came out on Steam, and that oh, the one had that, like a, in the minister to Winnie the Pooh or something. Yeah, so there, there was a, an image in there which which like it, it basically said that the you know the the leader of China is. is like Winnie the Pooh, and it was like hidden away in a texture, and it wasn't one of the developers, but they bought on an artist who put it in the game accidentally. It got passed through QA, they never spotted it. The game came out, somebody spotted it, and those developers and that publisher are now basically blacklisted from everywhere in China, and they will never work in games again, despite their best efforts. And that ain't cool. You know, there is a lot of people bending over to make sure that they appease Chinese money right now because the Chinese have a shit ton of money to spend in this area. It's like a really blossoming market. So I do get the feeling that Blizzard jumped jumped at this, you know, too quickly. 12 months for saying that they support a protest in Hong Kong, you know, free Hong Kong. That's a, it's a big thing. You know, but, you know, the guy is, is allowed to have a political opinion. He's allowed to support protests and he's allowed to voice them However, he sees fit. Blizzard's reaction and their, their statement was that he his initial ban was because he diverted the the cast that he was on, the Hearthstone cast, away from the game and towards something else. But it was the end of the stream. He'd already won. You know, it wasn't as if it was diverting it anywhere. He was just giving a message out. And you know, it's not as if people don't do this all the time. And you know, you know, you look at fucking Robert De Niro standing up in front of you know, the entire of the academy and saying, fuck Trump. You know, he didn't suddenly get, you know, money taken off him. He's got a political opinion. He voiced it because he wants something. This is this is bullshit. And Blizzard needs to really sort the fucking lives out. Um, I'm pissed off about it specifically because I have a Blizzard account. And I didn't know I had a Blizzard account. And I heard about this and I thought, you know what, fuck this. I'm, I'm pulling it out because, honestly, it doesn't affect me any way, shape or form as a silent protest. I didn't give them any money anyway. But, like, I went on to delete my account. Guess what? They deactivated all the ways to deactivate an account on Blizzard.net, on um, their website, because that many people were deactivating their account. Ah, uh, yeah, I read about this. 
which is fucking bullshit. Like, that is illegal in Europe. I am allowed to withdraw my details from their server whenever the fuck I please because of GDPR. And unfortunately, they, they fucked it over. So basically, I was unable to deactivate my Blizzard account. The, the fucking details are out of date and they couldn't do anything with them. But it's like, fuck you, that's wrong. Like, they, their entire response to this has been utter shit. And they need to sort their fucking lives out. Basically, put up a message just to say, get the shoutcasters, who were also banned for 12 months. Two guys that had nothing fucking to do with it, didn't say a word, just hid their faces while they said the message, were banned for a year. What the fuck are these guys doing? <sighs> anyway, yeah. <sighs> <laughs> How about you, Ross? Now, now I just seem like a bit of a fence sitter. <laughs> no, 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 you, you're right. Though. Like The thing is, from an outsider's perspective, it's like, yeah, it, it's it's odd. You know, it just seems like a, a massive knee-jerk reaction. For me, like, fuck them. Like, that, that isn't a good reaction for me. And I could understand, you know, it... It is an Egypt reaction. You're totally right on what you said. I think it just needs some of the context behind it to think, you know. And the thing is, the context isn't there right now for anybody, is it? It's not, you know, it's not been made plain by anybody really in the gaming world that, yeah, this probably was because, you know, NetEase and Tencent and all these investment companies from the East, they're chucking money around, but also bossing everyone the fuck around. Like, you know, everybody's scared of what they can do now. <sighs> I think it's interesting uh, that Blizzard themselves, I mean, the staff that work at Blizzard, one of them, uh, Kevin Hovdestad, apologies if I've uh, messed that up, lack of realism on uh, Twitter, uh, said, not everyone at Blizzard agrees with what happened. Both to think globally and every voice matters values have been covered up by incensed employees this morning. So they have these these boards up up at Blizzard that say, you know, positive things like think globally, every voice matters. And Blizzard staff covered them up with paper. So it seems like there's internally there's also a kind of a contingent of staff who disagree with the decision. Yeah, it it, it plays into this wider political role that video games are playing now. Into you know that you know these these corporate mantras you know think globally, except if it affects our bottom line and makes investors scary, you know scared. We're, we're all for pro LGBT stuff unless it's going to cost us some money. At which point we're going to bottle it. You know, like they did with with Iron Fury. It's it's all fucking. It's all money. It's all bullshit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm completely with you on that. I don't see it working out well for anyone really, and I'm excited. Well, not excited, but I'm interested to see what happens at BlizzCon because the fallout I worry is going to be quite devastating if Blizzard don't come up with something quickly to uh, to ease the tension that seems to be building between them and their subscribers. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think this is over yet by a long shot, so we shall keep an eye on it as the weeks unfold. Uh, right, let's move on to something else that we uh, that we missed a little bit a while back. I say a while back. It was the 8th of October, which was, uh, what, last Tuesday? Uh, the PlayStation 5 is called the PlayStation 5. Yeah. That, you can take that Shock. to the bank, ladies and gentlemen, and it's going to be released in Christmas twenty. 20- 20 which is about what we all expected there's not a massive amount of information but a big old playstation blog post which was originally from a wired article did go into the details of the controller um which said there's a preview of the new controller that comes with the ps5 2 two new features include haptic feedback to replace the rumble tech in the current DualShock. with haptics you truly feel a broader range of feedback so crashing into a wall with a race car feels much different than making a tackle on the football field 
say Sony. You can even get a sense for a variety of textures when running through fields of grass or plodding through mud. The controller also has adaptive triggers, which are incorporated into L1, L2, <clears throat> excuse me, into L2 and R2. Developers can program the resistance of the triggers so that you can feel the tactile sensation of drawing a bow, an arrow, or accelerating an off-road vehicle through rocky terrain. In combination with the haptics, this can produce a powerful experience that better simulates various actions. Game creators have started to receive early versions of the new controller, and we can't wait to see where their imagination goes with these new features at their disposal. So, who haven't I spoken to you yet first? Paul, does this sound exciting to you? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I think I'm glad that it's called the PlayStation 5. Uh, is a given, really. But, you know, if I come up and call it the, the Wonder Box, I would have gone home and thrown my toys out of the pram. But... Um, um, yeah, no, I think it sounds good. But although, if I remember correctly, now I could be wrong here. This is exactly how Microsoft marketed their Xbox One pad with these very yeah, that's what I was gonna say, yeah. And so, when I was reading about the Xbox One, I said, "Yes, when you're playing Forza, the acceleration, the braking, you can feel the differences in in the trigger." Now, I thought that sounds pretty cool. And in reality, it didn't really amount to much, but. Since then, of course, we've had the the Switch, which has taken haptics to a whole new level with their silly little games. They, they uh, what's it called? One Two Switch or something? So that's that's, yes. that's obviously a next level of uh, haptics. So if they can incorporate that into a traditional uh, controller like a PlayStation One, then I think it's going to be amazing. And the thought of it, I mean, not so much the rumbling, but if they can make the, the triggers really stiff when you're pulling the bow back, I think yeah, I think it'd be brilliant. I think that would really uh, help immerse you in the game. Mm. Yes. Game immersion. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Especially in VR yeah. as well. Imagine that in VR as well. If they have the uh, DualShock 4 in VR and it's all rumbling all over the place, it'd freak you out, wouldn't it? Wicked. <laughs> yeah, it'd be fun though, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sean, did this get you excited for the PS5? Not that you weren't <laughs> already, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I quite like this as an advancement. Um, if they if they the promise of next gen haptics comes off and you know the whole pressure you know sticks works it could be something very impressive I hope that it's utilized as often as it should be you know like the the whole light bar on the DualShock 4 can can kind of transform an experience of a game like if you're playing Alien Isolation and the light on the light bar the the DualShock 4 kind of lights up. Like the motion sensor does. Oh yeah, because that's yes. just what you need. More distractions away from the screen when you're playing Alien Isolation. <laughs> yeah, but do you know? Do you know? Like, I I think some games that that controller can really highlight. Like, it can elevate the experience. Like, if you're playing Grand Theft Auto Five and the police are after you, you get the red and blue lights flashing. I think those those kind of things are like a really cool addition to that control. I think they they like if you sit in your bedroom on your own and you you know like the lights are off. And you're being chased by cops, and you know the red and blue lights are flashing. I think that's really cool. You know, it's not like groundbreaking, but I think it's cool. It's really easy to do that with the pad, and I hope that developers also get the tools to do this as easy as it is to do with the light bar. Because if not, probably won't get used as often as it should do. Like it, it could be a game changer. You know, there's so many games you think about that could use these these thumbsticks and the the triggers, the precious triggers that. You know, it could be it could be groundbreaking, um, but also if if other consoles aren't using them, so if the Xbox Two or the Xbox Seven Twenty or whatever the hell they're going to call it doesn't use them, then Sony need to make it really easy for developers to use them, um, to make it like the best version of their their game. So 
that's that's my one hope for it that they're easier to e- easy to use and uh, hopefully the xbox one or xbox two whatever the hell the freaking coins also has them because if that's the case it will become the new standard and that would be awesome i hope yeah. it's, uh, there's also the uh if sony have got a bad habit of putting things on stuff that never use like the touchpad as well the light bulb's great but you have said the uh the ds4 they had a touchpad which was never used other than to I don't know, get a map up or something like that. And, it's, and also on the PS Vita, they had the touchpad underneath the console, which was great if you played a paper game. What's it called? Tearaway. God. That's it, thank you. And you could poke your fingers through the, uh, the bottom of the screen. It was, it was a good use of it, but it wasn't ever used hardly, and that's just a waste of you know, technology. Um, and also you've got to think about that that technology, to have a touchpad, is obviously going to make the controller more expensive. And so you're paying a premium price for controller where the functions are not used all the time. So I need to be careful to make sure that everything's utilised. So it's worth the seventy quid. I'm going to imagine it's going to come to. Yeah, I mean, do you know the touchpad? I I've started to use it more and more for the typing, which is I, I never expected to use. I use it for like going around the keyboards when you know the PS4 typing yeah, yeah, box yeah. games are out. I've started to use it there for I've got, I find it quicker than actually moving around now. Um, okay. But yeah, you're totally right. They it's a you know a big a big button that acts as two other buttons and very little else. Yeah. Apart from in, in like storytelling games where you can like swipe to turn a page or whatnot, which is pretty cool. Yeah, more of it. We need more page swiping. Page swiping. Yes. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> PS5, the master of page swiping. I mean. yeah. It's always the first party games that primarily use these functions, though, isn't it? I mean, if you look at Nintendo, I mean, once you switch, utilizes the HD rumble really well in the sense that like i keep using that as an example but it is awesome it's you know when you have to count how many marbles are in your joy con and you can move it up and down to feel how many are in there that's awesome but not enough games use it and joy cons are still really expensive they're 65 pound for a pair and you just you're not really paying for it because you're not getting your money's worth because you don't really use it all that often mm. and the worry is that yeah there'll be a i imagine there'll be a selection of games that playstation release which will benefit from the haptic feedback and all that all that jazz probably starring astrobot yeah exactly exactly there'll be a, <laughs> there'll be a playroom sort of thing which, you know which was great for the light bar great for the uh, the touchpad at the beginning but you know you stop playing them relatively quickly it's a little worry that maybe this is something that developers can utilize a little bit more because it's not really taking away from the experience it's adding to it which a lot of developers don't seem to be doing with the touchpad or the light bar or the uh, the HD rumble on the Switch. Uh, with Concrete Genie, I mean, to, to paint, you have to move the controller around. It's all light bar based. And so the motion sensing works really well. Um, it's easy enough to sensor it. But again, that's a first party thing. So it's, like, it's something that the creators want to push, but it's up to the developers really to make the most of it, I think. And to make it worth, you know, yeah, like you said, the controllers are going to be expensive to begin with because of all this extra technology inside it. And it's up to developers, I guess, to make it worth it. Absolutely. Greg, have you got any thoughts on these controllers? Uh, like Paul said, when he announced that the... Like he said, it sounds very reminiscent of the Xbox controller. And all I noticed with the Xbox One controller, it just vibrates a hell of a lot. Uh, it kills my batteries really quickly. So I find myself turning it off in a lot of games. Or WRC, for example, it was on 100. And I thought the thing was going to jump out of my hands. So I had to put it down to like 5% vibration. Even that was pretty strong. In regards to... The light sensor, the only greatest thing that came out of the light sensor on the uh, PS4 pad was being able to turn it down to dim in the settings when they patched it. So <laughs> I, I like a bit of haptic feedback. It is always pretty good for that sort of sense of immersion. But I don't know. It sounds like a lot of pomp and bluster, you know, like 
well, like like Paul said, with the Xbox controller, it was meant to be all this and that, and it just I don't know, I, just keep keep it normal, you know. If it ain't broke, don't try and fix it. Same with the naming system, calling it PS Five, boy, no. Yeah, I mean, this would be DualShock Five, that you you would assume. Yeah, well, yeah, you'd, you'd imagine so, wouldn't you? Yeah, like with with the whole first party games thing, it is it is a nice novelty to start with, but after a while, it does great. I mean, Infamous Second Son, you have to do oh the the graffiti, wasn't it? You couldn't turn that off. You had to use a swipe pad to do Delsins. Yeah. Yeah. And with Dead Rising 3 and the Xbox One, they really wanted you to utilize like voice commands. And it just, I mean, that's not the pad, that's the connect. But that's, that's the thing with the first party gimmicks, isn't it? They really, and like you say, Terror Away on the Vita, you had to use that. And then when they put it onto the PS4, you had to use the touchscreen for that. I, I don't mind it. I just think when it has, you can't turn the option off to do so that's when it sort of gets on my nerves a little bit i like to be able to play with the gimmick if i want to not because i have to so yeah i mean yeah that again, makes sense it sounds like i'm being mr fence but i mean I, I like haptic feedback as much as the next person it's it's i mean when it first came out it blew my mind mm. and it's nice but yeah all this like oh you can feel every bow string and your tire spinning and it just means it's going to vibrate a little bit harder or stronger when you're holding on to a charged shot don't try and big it up when it's not going to be because otherwise it means putting more motors in and then it's just going to kill the batteries quicker yeah i mean that's the biggest problem with the georgia force isn't it is the batteries yeah and you don't have any means to replace them like my xbox one controllers batteries are shit somebody i stupidly listened to someone telling me that third party ones are better and they're not so but luckily i can replace those i can replace those with newer battery packs the ps4 one you aren't able to do so and no. i'm lucky well i'm not lucky enough because my console is a good sort of five feet away from me so it means if i wanted to play it and my batteries were shit i'd have to buy you know a five foot plus USB C lead not USB C, but USB lead and i haven't it hasn't come to that yet because i've still got a relatively new console but that is a bit of a kicker so if they put more motors in to really get all these so-called amazing features out then it's just going to chew through the battery quicker because you can't put a bigger battery in can you because you make the pad bigger then it's just not ergonomically comfortable ergonomically i know i sounded really farmery then i couldn't even bloody say it <laughs> i want to I wanna listen to i want to listen to that in a 0.5 playback the, oh yeah the, uh... fun, fun tip everyone everyone listening um if you if you want to laugh Listen to the podcast. Ross is Ross's suggestion. Listen to the podcast at 0.5 speed. It is the funniest thing ever. <laughs> it is. It's because very we all sound like absolutely mashed. Like we've just come back from the pub at 3 a.m. and we can't sleep. <laughs> it, Greg, most like of the time, we've... most of the time, you sound like that anyway. Well, yeah. It's you know, there's drinking problem, buddy. You know. Oh come on. <laughs> well, that's all right. You you've got to be my. Uh, you got to look after me when I'm when I'm being sick at EJX all week. That's it, yeah. I'm going to be your wingman, holding your hair out your, your face. Yeah. <laughs> That's no why problem. I have a haircut the other day, so I don't be sick of my own hair. Oh, what a gentleman you are. Oh, no. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, I like nice guy, Greg. I like this perpetuating stereotype that I actually have a drinking problem. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not, no, no, we just like winding you up. You're just like, yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. I do not. Do you think uh, Kojima is going to for the... Uh, for the remastered Death Stranding on PS5. <laughs> well, there's already all the, the inclusive things about shaking the baby. Don't say shaking the baby, sorry. I mean, I'm <laughs> rocking the baby. To Jesus. Me. Sorry. <laughs> wow. I mean, I mean rocking, <laughs> rocking the breach baby when you've upset it. There's You're all really that. anti kids today, aren't you? Like, <laughs> just, there's a theme coming here now the drinking and the anti kids. I get it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> There's a there's a invented narrative backstory, isn't there? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I'm not anti kids. I just I just made a bit of a faux pas. 
Okay, let's move on. Greg, spoiler free, of course. Uh, what did you think of Joker? Fucking loved it. You actually like something. Oh, Wait. come on. What? What's going on here? Oh, Paul, you can fuck off with you. What? Fuck off. I live in London well, and I hate everything. <laughs> I thought as an origin story, it was really good. And I won't spoil the, the doubts that I went in there with, but it actually sorted them out. Uh, I, I can't. Uh, I want to tell you what they are, but I can't. But as far as origin stories go, it was really well done. And yes, I will give it four out of five. Four out of five. Yeah, I won't tell you what the one is until you know down the line, everyone's seen it. But yes, it was rather good. <laughs> cool. All right, let, let me ask you a quick question then, really quickly. These people that are basically calling it a very bad film, can you understand why people are saying it's a very bad film? I can see why some people are calling it a bad film in that it's not a superhero film because it's very grounded. And I think some people are getting pissy that it's not, you know, flash forward 10 years and Batman's coming to save the day or no one's got any superpowers or anything. I don't understand. I mean, Trevor's calling it a bad film subjective, isn't it? If you went in there expecting 10 minutes of backstory and then an hour and 50 of the Joker being the modern Joker that he is now, then you're going to be very disappointed. It's, it's a two hour origin story. And there's a, well, I'd say it's more of a two-part structure of why he becomes that person, and it does it really well. I haven't really read a lot of negative reviews, though. I haven't read any reviews. I went into it sort of blind, because I don't want okay. to take my experience like I did with The Last Jedi. So. Fair enough. Mm. This seems to be a very big divide between this is a very, you know, game. this is a film of the year, and this is one of the worst of the year, and I've not heard anything in the middle. It's either worst or best. There's nothing. I've heard nothing in the middle. No mediocre opinions at all. People either love it or hate it. It's weird. Yeah. I loved it. I thought it was terrific. Yep. It was a uh, fascinating, grounded look at the Joker. Kind of like, I mean, if you can imagine like the Nolan films, which were kind of proud of their groundedness and their and their realness, kind of the reality of what Gotham could be in the modern day. I mean, this goes even further than that. I mean, this is this is a gutter story, and it's kind of beautiful in a way and it's shot amazingly and and it's okay. just yeah it's great Wacken is going to win if he doesn't win the Oscar I'll be amazed to find out who is going to to be honest and that'll be fascinating because it'll be the second time someone's won for the Joker nice I like to, th- like to think a lot of these negative reviews are just coming away from uh, Jared Leto because he's pissed off yeah he, it's all Jared Leto just, he's just creating loads, <laughs> of, loads of upset reviews yeah, yeah it's just he... a bunch of uh, 30 Seconds to Mars fans just rallying for their boy oh. it's, it's scary but people probably are doing that as we speak. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I haven't really seen anyone whose opinion I cared about dislike the film. So, I mean, that works for me. You know, I, I have certain movie reviewers that I trust and that I enjoy reading, and they all love it. So that's fine by me, including Greg. Hey. So, yeah, go see it if you haven't already. I'm assuming you're planning to at some point, Sean. Paul? Nope. I was meant to see it on Saturday, but every cinema screening time slot been booked up. Couldn't believe it. So I can get in. So, but I'm definitely going to see it though, yeah. Awesome. Sean, you're not going to see it? No, I said this like six months ago. This is, I, I absolutely do not care for Joker, Joker's origin. I, I've read the, the synopsis of the film and I think it's trash compared to what I, my brain could come up with and what was presented in The Dark Knight as a, a various stories and his origin is a mystery. And I, I much prefer not to know. Oh, but there's, oh God, I want to, oh, I want to spoil it just, Oh, but I can't. So, somebody's already spoiled it for me, and I turned around and went, "Well, that's just poor." And not though. 
It's not. Oh, oh, no, never. Mind. <laughs> oh, I don't want. No, cause, hurry up, because I've got to be up at half three in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me after this, then, and then, and then we can discuss it. I'll, I'll maybe skip out on EGX one afternoon and go and see it. No, I've already seen it. Oh, you can do that. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that, and then we can compare notes. <laughs> uh, right then, are we excited for EGX this week? Very. Yeah. Greg and uh, Sean are heading down. Uh, when is it? Wednesday? Thursday, Friday? Thursday, yeah, Friday I'm, I'm, I'm going down to London tomorrow because I've got something to do beforehand. For, to play. Am I allowed to talk about it or not? Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. I'm off to go and play Boundary tomorrow, which looks amazing. We've been invited to go and play a selection of, sort of Boundary levels, which is a shooter in space, but it looks like a really sort of realistically grounded shooter. If, uh, if I want to put it like it's like you're actually in modern spacesuits and you're uh, having like gun like dogfights not dogfights with planes like gun battles around like space stations on the outside as well like the ISS you know not by name but it looks really cool mm. and I, I can see why Sean's jealous because he's not going because it does actually look really really good so yeah I'm going down tomorrow to play that for like a little PR okay. event l- l- let, me, let me just tell you this really quickly then um, yesterday it was announced that it's going to be TGX oh what's the fucking point of me going early then <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah, like okay okay but what i was trying to say to you is like you are going to get interviewed the uh, the technical director is it of the yeah what do i have to ask him like what's his favorite food favorite movie absolutely be the yeah, worst no. interview he's ever had and, and we'll, <laughs> we we will put it out on the podcast this sounds like an awesome idea you yeah. you, you make it as physically awkward as possible and and we will enjoy it yeah. how does that sound? so how do you how do you pronounce your name then <laughs> oh god <laughs> yeah just go in just spoil the joker for him just go nuts have you seen joker yet no oh it's amazing when you find out the blah 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 blah, blah. <laughs> yeah so okay well now that sean has burst my bubble i'm still going down really early tomorrow to london uh wednesday i've got a day off to go and move around check in the hotel later and then yeah thursday is egx and i'm gonna meet yeah. sean there meet sean there and we're gonna play all the games all the games what are you most excited to see uh to see will be the death stranding uh, or to play C slash play the Final Fantasy demo uh, Final Fantasy 7 is going to be playable there they've just announced that today very exciting so yeah they'll be they'll be playing that I don't really know I'm just excited for all of it I've, I've not really got any, anything particular I want to play I'm just going to run around like a kid on Sherbet <laughs> that's the best way to do EGX uh, yeah well, well sure. whereas last year I only crammed in one day didn't I and I wasn't yes. pressed then so I'm just going to try and you know not milk the press thing but take in everything really and just play all the games i'm looking awesome. forward to giving concrete concrete genie a try uh nice. D- doom as well even though it's been delayed mm-hmm. uh horace because sean was banging on about it so I'm looking forward to give that a go can uh, can uh, one of you guys play shemmy for me let me know nope. um come on nope i might do i might just watch someone else play it and go yeah it looks the same one marvel's avengers looks really good yeah is, it, is that playable there um yeah yeah that's crazy that's a massive get for them yeah, it's, it's Virgin. Is it Virgin Media teaming up with them to bring the the demo store there? And it, yeah. it's they basically taken the you know Virgin have always teamed up with Destiny. The last like four EGXs, the Destiny One or Destiny Two, and then this one's been like you know they they teamed up with with Square and with this Marvel's Avengers, and they they they're going big guns with it. Apparently, the floor space is massive, so mm. I'm hoping there's like a Hulk there. That you can go and get a picture taken with or something. Did you know oh, that? The, do you know that the, the Premier League trophy's there? The Premier League trophy. The the Premier League trophy from the the, the is the, that a rugby thing? 
Yeah, it's for for, for the football. <laughs> <laughs> so as a Stoke fan, I'm going to go and get my picture taken with it, even though we're like two exactly two leagues away from it right now. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm also looking forward to playing what's going to make Paul jealous: Streets of Rage Four. And the game that might make me con- well might convince me to get a Switch as long as well as the Devolver stuff is uh, Link's Awakening. Now I know you love it, Ross. I do. But I'm um, actually looking forward to giving it a go. Awesome. There's quite a few games there, and obviously there's the Res section as well. There's quite yeah. be quite a lot in there. But uh, yeah, it's, I'm I'm just all excited. Yeah, EGX is one of those places. If you go to Leftfield Collection, go to the Tentacle Stand, you'll find your new favourite game. It'll be hidden away somewhere. It will be discovered. Might even get myself a cheeky tattoo as well. Don't know. Yeah. Oh, nice. I didn't realize they were doing that. It seems really weird. <laughs> I don't know if they if you can like have whatever you want. They might have a selection of things. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's like most of these things. They have a selection of flash, which is pre-drawn stuff. You should get you. the finger guns, the new finger guns logo tattooed on you somewhere. I think. Yeah, but then when you guys sell out, become big industry types, and I and I try and remind you guys to keep where your roots are, then I'm going to feel like an absolute <laughs> traitor. <laughs> uh, Sean, what are you most excited for? I'm just going to stay in the red zone. I'm going to let Greg do all the AAA stuff. I think. The cyberpunk demo. What? That, I, what? You're gonna make me do all the AAA stuff? You're not my yeah. boss. Yeah, like, no, you've you've just listed off all the stuff that you want <laughs> to go and read. You've, you've just gone. Oh, I'm not my supervisor. This and this and this and this and this, and I'm like, I oh, that sounds like a lot of queuing. You're like the weird so, old man that's just going to be like, I'm going to find myself a comfy stool and sit down and play one game for twelve hours. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to sit in the corner. And I'm going to bang my walking stick on the floor and go, bring me into games. And I'm going to expect the devs Keep to bring it down. Me... <laughs> yeah. that's, how, that, that, that's how I would do EGX this year. Oh, I'm gotcha. like, oh, bring the games to me, please. <laughs> I'm not moving today. I'm really tempted to sneak into the Investors Summit and then just sit at the end table with like a finger gun <laughs> sign and then let, let every game developer come and pitch to me. Hi, this is this is <laughs> this is all the new games. Yep, cool. I haven't got any money, but let me play your games anyway. <laughs> cool. Well, at least we'll have a, a broad range covered. Greg, it sounds like you're going to be queuing a lot. Um. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm saying now I'll go and play the AAA games until I actually see the queues, and I'll go, oh, "Fuck it, I'll come back in an hour." Yeah, that, go um, go either super it. early or super late well. in the day. What? Well, uh... no, sure. I mean, the the, the 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 best way to do the massive. Get the AAA games is to go there first in the morning. Uh, so you, as soon as you're in, because you got early entry anyway, so you might as well just go straight there. True. Or go very late in the day when the crowds are dwindling. Yeah, that's my advice for AAA queuing at EGX anyway. Yeah, because we, we were walking onto like Assassin's Creed Origins. We, we walked onto everything Ubisoft at the end of the day, didn't we? Oh, uh, what well, we nearly got kicked out until they realized you had a press pass. Yeah, yeah. When you, they were like, <laughs> no, 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 you Whoa! can't. Oh, yeah, go on then. <laughs> yeah yeah no i walked straight on onto uh far cry 5 one morning we went there last year yeah so, you yeah, remember when we wanted it's... assassin's creed syndicate um, yeah <laughs> and like two hours later that queue was two hours long <laughs> yeah it was it was a wise thing to do and we hit world uh, cod world war 2 quite late as well and the queue was still quite long but we managed to get there in less than 20 or 25 minutes or so which wasn't too bad yeah so yeah, awesome, man. I'm really excited for both of you. It's going to be a really cool week. In fact, I, it might be great just to get Greg really drunk and then do a, a podcast. Well, no, I don't approve of this. That's a very good idea. <laughs> you don't approve very of this. That's idea. you've ever had, Greg. Come on, man. Yeah, as long as he's buying the drink, because I don't really care that much. <laughs> the thing you guys like podcast, just... drunk reactions. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is, we're going to have the, the post-EGX 
pubcast. That's what we're going to do. Go oh, and find a quiet yeah. London pub and just... <laughs> I love that I could actually have a real problem here. You guys are just mocking my condition right now. I haven't, but, you know. What you mean is cask conditioned. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Not, uh, so, yeah. It's not like you've got an ailment, is it? A what? Oh, come on, man. Ailments. 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 Amazing, Paul. Well done, Thanks, Blake. Man. I got it. Don't worry. Thanks, John. Greg will get it well. when he sobers up. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you can look out for our EGX content next week on the Finger Guns podcast. That's very exciting. Um, if Greg is sober enough to record anything. Right. Let's move on to out this week. <laughs> uh, got it. Yeah, there you go. Out this oh, week is cool. October fifteenth. Overwatch is coming to Nintendo Switch. Why? Exciting. And so, so is The Witcher Three Wild Hunt, which is getting good reviews. Apparently, it's like as good as as it can be on the Switch. I don't know what that really means. Is it good or bad? Who knows? <laughs> but it's 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 currently got an eighty on Metacritic, which isn't bad. Okay. So grand. Um, Earth Defense Force Iron Rain is coming to PC on October 15th, which looks pretty cool. And Little Town Heroes coming to Switch on the 16th, which I'm quite excited about. I'm looking forward to playing that. Uh, Stranded Sales is out on October 17th. Uh, my review of that will be up uh, on that day, hopefully. Travis Strikes Again is coming out on October 17th on PS4 and PC. Of course, the, uh, the No More Heroes spinoff, which you'll see on our site very, very soon. Uh, Return of the Oberdin is coming to Switch and PS4 on October 18th. Yes! Finally. Can't wait to play that. And Mega Aquarium. Uh, you've heard us talk about it already, but that's coming out on October 18th on Switch, Xbox One, and PS4. And the full version of Plants vs. Zombies Battle for Neighborville is coming out on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Nice. And October 22nd, is that this week? No, it's not, is it? No, it's the week after. Uh, anyway, that's WWE 2K20. Not something I'm going to play, but I know people are very excited for it. So that's coming out then as well. And then, of course, something called Call of Duty Modern Warfare is out on the 25th. I can't remember. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Looks good, though. Looks very exciting. Can't wait to play that. So that's about it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all very much indeed for listening to the Finger Guns podcast. Don't forget, you can follow us everywhere, especially on Twitter, at F-N-G-R-G-N-S. All of our individual handles are in the description below. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash UK. You can follow our now very active Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash fingerguns.net that's all one word subscribe if you like you can do that with Twitch Prime and it's free, it's amazing and there's loads of other places you can follow us as well check the description below the podcast for all the available areas so until next time for our big old EGX blowout, it's a goodbye from Mr. Grickix something something alcohol related goodbye <laughs> <laughs> it's a goodbye from Mr. Paul Collett that's all for now and it's goodbye from Mr. Sean Davies. Toodles. Until next time, thank you very much for listening to episode 30 of the Finger Guns Podcast. Pew.